Thanks be to God. Everybody knows that today's homily has to begin with a repetition of Jesus' question to his disciples for us. Who do you say that I am? But I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Let's tell a story instead. So in a galaxy far, far away, a long, long time ago, in the little town of Brewster, Washington, central Washington, apple country, I landed there as a new pastor, my first pastor. And it was kind of cool to be your own pastor in a small town, kind of learning small town life and apple world and all that sort of stuff. And it was, it was a nice place to be. People were very warm and accepting. Um, after I'd been there about a year, the uh, New Testament Baptist Church um, down the street uh, got a new pastor. Before I describe the new pastor, I should tell you that, that uh, our church, Sacred Heart Church, was on one corner. The Episcopalian Church was right across the alley. Across the street from that was the Adventist Church. And then on the other side of the Episcopal Church was the Community Log Church. And then Kitty Corner to the Community Log Church, just a block from our church, was the New Testament Baptist Church. And down the street a few blocks was the brand new Mormon Church. Beautiful building that looked like nothing else in Brewster. And, and then there were other churches too, of course, in the small town that were kind of spread out a little further out. But that concentration of churches was really something in just a couple block area. Anyway, the New Testament Baptist Church brings in a new pastor, and his name is Rocky. And um, Rocky was this uh, small little guy, and he was full of energy and full of vim and vigor and, and, and kind of like a little firecracker of a guy. And he comes to town, and he is just ready to save Brewster. And not just Brewster from its sins, but also Brewster from all the other false churches that were floating around. And so almost within a short time of his arrival, he starts running ads in the local newspaper called the Quad City Herald. And the ads begin with this big picture saying, come learn the truth about the Mormon church. And there's terrible images of Mormons like burning in hell or something, you know. And it was just awful. And then, you know, the thing would be that next Wednesday night. And then the next week, another ad would appear. You know, come to New Testament Baptist Church and hear Pastor Rocky tell the truth, speak the truth about the Episcopalian Church. And they go, oh, God, more ugly pictures of King Henry VIII and stuff like that. And then, and then they went through, you know, about every other church in town. He got to the, got, finally, of course, he got to us. So appears the great ad and the, Quad City Herald, come learn the truth about the Roman Catholic Church and the false popes and the, you know, the idolatry of the Virgin Mary and the big ugly picture of the Pope as a monster, you know, and, and Wednesday night, 7 p.m. So I said, okay, we got to do something about this. <laughs> so I got about six or seven of our parishioners and we went to the presentation and we sat in his last pew. Uh, and didn't take him very long to figure out who we were, these strangers in the last pew. 
And so I think he moderated a little bit his attack on the Catholic Church, but not by much. He, he was, you know, going to get it. And, and I think he was really hoping he would convert us, but of course that wasn't likely. Um, but anyway, so the talk is over, and, and we've done our part by just showing up, I think. And he's outside shaking hands as people leave, and we're the last to leave. And so he shakes the hand of one of my parishioners and says, Now, who are you? I haven't seen you before. Well, I'm a parishioner at Sacred Heart Church. Oh, and then another one. I'm a parishioner at Sacred Heart Church. Okay, third, fourth, fifth one. I'm parishioners at Sacred Heart Church. He gets to me. I'm the pastor of Sacred Heart Church. And he says, We need to talk. <laughs> I said, Yes, we do. So anyway, we arranged a time to get together. And uh, got together, and I don't know, somewhere outside as I remember it, um, sitting on a stump or something. And anyway, so we start visiting, and, and um, you know, f- first of all, he wants to defend himself for these attack ads and all this other stuff. And I say, okay, you know, um, you know, even if you don't see the rest of us as Christians, at least, at least see us as neighbors, you know, and treat us that way. Okay, not much response to that. But then he decides, I think, that he's going to convert me. So, and that would be a really big fish, you know, to get the Catholic priest. Um, you know, he might even get out of Brewster, you know, go end up in Wenatchee or something if he could wet me to get me. So anyway, he starts witnessing to me, and it's 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 the usual witness, you know. And at the heart of it is is this proclamation that he says, you know, on such and such a date and such and such an hour and such and such a place, you know, I received. Um, the calling, and I, I, I accepted the Lord Jesus as my Lord and Savior at that time, and ever since that moment, I've been sealed in the salvation of Jesus Christ. And I said, wow, that's really nice. Um, but what do you mean sealed in the salvation of Jesus Christ, you know, with that proclamation? Why? Well, it's, it's like a ball jar. That's like, sealed. I'm preserved forever in the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, well, that's, that's nice. Good for you. And I, and I said, but, but what does that mean in real life, you know? Well, it means that I could do anything I want the rest of my life and it doesn't matter. Because I'm saved. I've been sealed in the salvation of Jesus Christ just like a bell jar. I said, okay. I said, well, what do you mean you can do anything you want? It doesn't matter what you do the rest of your life. And I, I don't think this is authentic Baptist theology. I think he was just a little bit off the edge. But... but um, he, said, he says, well, I, you know, it doesn't matter what I do. Uh, what sins I commit, what sins I don't commit. I'm sealed, I'm saved, that's it. I'm going to heaven, Jesus will welcome me. I said, well, what about, like, you know, if some really destitute family comes to your door and they're hungry and they're thirsty and they don't have any money and you just push them off and say, I don't care about you. Does, does that affect your being sealed in the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ? Nope, not at all. I said, okay. Well, does anything affect it? Any kind of sin or anything? He says, not a single thing. I've been sealed in the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, like a bell jar. And he said, I could, I could go out onto Main Street and I could in cold blood shoot somebody. Shoot them dead for no good reason except for my violence or vengeance or who knows. doesn't matter. And I'm still sealed in the salvation of Jesus Christ. 
I said, wow, I'm scratching my head a little bit. And I said, well, you know, I don't really buy that. And, of course, you're at an impasse because you're not going to convince him and he's not going to convince me that that's what salvation might mean. And even though Rocky was pastor of the New Testament Baptist Church, there were at least parts of the New Testament that he hadn't read very seriously Um, especially the passage we just heard from the letter of James. You know, how could it be any more clear that when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we profess our faith with him, when we're baptized into his death and resurrection, it has consequences for us. That that means then we have to start living a certain way. We can do certain things that are good and we can't do certain things that are bad. And if we do, there's consequences. We can separate ourselves from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And that didn't seem to be something he was aware of. That passage from James's letter where he says, you know, what good is your faith without works? You know, what good is it if you say to somebody who's hungry and thirsty and poor, um, go on your way, be at peace. I hope you find food down the road, but don't look to me for it. What kind of faith is that? It's, it's not faith if it doesn't have works. And James is clear and precise and pointed. Faith without works, without doing, without walking the talk is dead. It's not really faith. And that's, of course, really, really important. And even more important is the gospel passage. And perhaps, in some ways, this is a passage that Pastor Rocky didn't quite get either. So here's Jesus. He's on his way to Jerusalem. And he knows what's going to happen to him there. And he stops along the way and he says to his apostles, you know, who's everyone else saying I am? You know, kind of a little check here. And, and they say, well, some say this, some say that, some say this. And then he says to them very pointedly, well, then who do you say that I am? And as always, Peter Jesus is Rocky, Peter, Rock, Rocky, <laughs> Jesus is Rocky, Peter raises his hand and says, you're the, you're the Messiah, you're the Lord and Savior, we believe in you, and Jesus says, isn't that great, wonderful, you're accepting me as your Lord and Savior, exactly 3 p.m. on Tuesday afternoons, great. But what that means for me, if I'm going to be your Lord and Savior, is that I've got to do some stuff here. I've got to work for you. I have to act. I have a particular road to follow that I have to follow. I have to walk my talk. And that walking involves a lot of hard things coming up. Like being arrested, being calumnied, being imprisoned, being all the stuff that we read about in Holy Week leading up to his death on a cross. And this is where Peter, Jesus is rocky, raises his and says, no, 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 no. We want you to be our Lord and Savior, but we don't want that. We want you to be our Lord and Savior, but no walking the talk. We don't want to have to see you go down that awful road. And Jesus loses his temper and says to him, Get behind me, Satan. You've distanced yourself from me. You've separated yourself from me. 
If you don't want me to walk my talk, if you don't want me to do what's essential as Lord and Savior, if you don't want me saving you, then then you're out. You're as good as Satan to me. And that was really, really strong, and Peter must have felt terrible. And then Jesus lays it on even thicker. He says, if I've got to do it, you've got to do it. This is not just my walking, my talk. But if you're going to raise your hand and say, you believe in me and that I'm your Lord and Savior, then you too have to walk this. You too have to carry your cross, whatever that is. You too have to walk the rocky road with all of the difficulties and challenges that are involved. You too, in whatever way you're called to, have to give yourself up for the good of others. You have to love as well as believe. And clearly, that's not the message that Pastor Rocky found in the New Testament, sadly. He was a good guy, you know, a good pastor in a lot of ways, I'm sure. And this was probably more in his head than, than in actually how he lived. But it stands as a reminder, more than a reminder to us, that walking the talk of our faith, doing the work of our faith, making sure that I... When I say, Lord Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior, that I'm ready and willing as much as I possibly can to overcome my weaknesses and my sins and my failings in life, to walk with him on that rocky road to Calvary and beyond. For it's not in the profession of faith, as important as that is, that we find the kingdom of God. It's in the love, in the compassion, in the mercy, in the forgiveness, in the suffering, in the giving up of ourselves that we find ourselves on the other side of that tomb, the other side of darkness, the other side of death, the other side of hatred, the other side of all that's wrong in our world. And in our lives. It's not enough to simply believe. We also have to work. We also have to act. We also have to walk the way of Jesus down his rocky road to Calvary and beyond. That's where the kingdom of God is found. And so... Pastor Rocky, wherever you are now, God bless you. I hope you still believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I hope that wherever you are, that passage both from St. James and St. Mark has touched you deeply and allowed you to see that we, as followers of Jesus, must believe and we also must work.